Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about episode two of the interview with the Vampire TV show and I am joined again by Candace. Hi! I am excited. Uh, it's <laughs> So let's just dive right into it, okay? So we find out that Louis' assistant views Louis as a god, uh, his assistant Rashid. So that's interesting Mm -hmm. um so then we get flashed back right back into the story so we get to see lestat wheeling the priest in the cemetery while louis is like actively dying and you know losing his humanity and it's very dramatic and it's very funny it's very dramatic and lestat thinks it is hilarious yeah it's that's like you're basically a baby who's crying and whining about stuff can you please die a little bit quieter trying mm-hmm. to bury someone clandestinely in this fucking graveyard so funny <laughs> so, so funny yeah it's Just so good <laughs> and then like they're uh the like okay little baby vampire i'm gonna take you and we're gonna go hunt your first mortal um it's gonna be great Mm-hmm. and so they go to this bar and there's like this man that just wants to sell tractors he's like yep that's the one we're hunting and he's like no one will miss him he's boring so bad. look at how boring he is no one will miss yeah. him we're doing his family a favor honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> and like louis wants to go hunt the hot sailor boy and lestat's like yeah do not do that everyone no. will miss him yep. it's a terrible idea yep yep not until you can control your hunger and mm-hmm. figure out how to leave people alive can you sample the sexier delights. Mm-hmm. And Louis is like, but I want sexy delights now. Which, understandable. Yeah. I too would want sexy delights now. But sometimes you just need a tractor salesman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that stable, stable man. That's it. That's it. You need a nine to five before you can do freelance. That's all. Mm-hmm. Watching... Uh, Lestat being like, Louis, you have to stay here. And Louis's like, no. And Lestat's like, okay, go outside then. Fine, whatever. And he just like walks out in the sunshine, sprints back in. And Lestat's like, I told you not to go outside. Louis's like, you didn't tell me why though. Lestat's like, all you need is what I tell you. Stop being this way. Like, the power struggle. Louis's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Lestat's like, knock yourself out like whatever i enjoy how like more and more in every episode i enjoy how uh i think his name is sam reed how he plays Lestat. every episode Mm -hmm. just like is better and better because he's like he's like passive aggressively Mm -hmm. (laughs) ambivalent like he's like like he like he obviously loves louis like it's clear he's like super obsessed with him and like can't get enough but at the same time it's just like do what you want man yeah i'll say i told you so i'm not above it I'm not above so throwing it right in your face. So go ahead. Knock yourself out. Literally. And then Lestat sleeping in his coffin naked mm-hmm. when like Louis tries to get in there fully clothed made me laugh a lot. Listen, not a mistake. Nope. He's not like, oh, you know. I like that in this, though, they don't just like go unconscious. Like they're actively trying to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I, I like, like that little cozy. change. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah um so then louis starts learning how to read minds they get this cute mm-hmm. little montage um i'm glad louis was less annoying so far 
Me too. Yeah. This Louis is much less sad and yeah. is far more empowered, which I really enjoy. Um, yeah. I didn't expect that to kind of be a thing um, in this because he's black. So I was like, he's less empowered, like in reality, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. um, I like how they kind of turn that on its head. Um, my one, my one complaint, I think about this episode, is like the way that they kind of talk about the frustrations that Louis experiences in New Orleans and mm -hmm. how that ladders up to being a vampire and being safe as a vampire. Because as a black person, right, you're getting people fucking with you all the time. You're getting people shit talking all the time. You're getting people handing you bullshit all the time. So like, mm -hmm. as all of this is going on, in my mind, I'm like, yo, a black vampire in racist Louisiana, everybody would be dead, right? Like, everybody that nice. slighted me would be dead. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, mm -hmm. you're about to say N, N word? Doesn't matter which one. If it's in my direction, dead, right? Like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the, the, the control that Louis has to display is exhausting. And I can yeah. understand why he very quickly gets, gets sick of violence. Like, it takes a minute for him to really, really get sick of it. But, like, I can understand why. And I also understand why Lestat kind of also prescribes caution to him. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's very easy to get angry. You know what I mean? And just, like, destroy things, right? Destroy people. People are brittle and fragile. Like, it's easy to just knock them out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would also be super pissed off. Like, I yeah. couldn't imagine. Like, the, the control he is exerting, I'm like, mm-mm. Because we know if roles were reversed and people were being this way specifically to Lestat, he'd be like, yeah, murder. Kill them all. I don't care. Absolutely. And I think that, like, that's one place where I do kind of see Lestat trying to make sure Louis doesn't make the same mistakes that he's made. Mm -hmm. Because he's trying to make sure that they can continue their life together. And yeah. that's one of the changes that I very much support. Again, like we kind of talked about this last time, but um, the fact that this version of Lestat is so much less concerned about wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Like Book Lestat is concerned largely because he has his dad in tow, which very much changes how sincere he is to Louis, right? Like we know as we read the book that he actually is very, you know, serious about how he feels about Louis, right? Like he does care about Louis in his way. Um, he's just deeply selfish, right? <laughs> he's just a deeply selfish, terrible person. Um, yeah. But like, I feel like this version kind of allows more breathing room for both characters because Lestat is like, listen, like what we have is good. It's not mm -hmm. just, oh, we've got riches. It's, we can have riches anywhere, but right now this is where you want to be and I'm here because you want to be here. So while we're here, let's not fuck it up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I much, I'd much rather kind of see that push and pull. At the end of the day, Lestat is ruthless, regardless of what decisions he makes. Right. With the priest, he lost his, he like completely drops his facade of being this like, you know, more upper crust fancy gentleman boy. vampire, fancy, mm -hmm. boy, fancy boy. Right. That, that goes away when he murders the priest and when he's burying the priest. Right. His reactions get very kind of um, aggressive. Right. He shows yeah. his aggressive side. Kind of like like he gave a glimpse of at that dinner with Louis's family, right? That like glimpse of his aggression and his anger that he kind of keeps very tightly wound inside of himself. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that that's something that 
the book doesn't really go into, but I very much like the change that they're making the show. Mm -hmm. Me too. Like he's not as mindless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think they really fleshed out all the characters for this show, which I love. Mm -hmm. So we do get the news that Grace, uh, Louis' sister is pregnant and she's having twins because Louis can hear the two heartbeats. Yeah. That was wild. That was, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we get Louis killing the racist attorney while he's peeing. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, And then Lestat in his coffin opening it and being like, I don't like going to bed angry. So (laughs) funny. So funny. I'm a big fan of, and I think we already touched upon this, but I'm going to keep saying it. Big fan of how gay this show is. Very big fan. Like they argue like a little couple, like a little old couple. Like, yep. Louis like, well, I don't care if you're angry. Lestat's like, wait, you should just talk it out. I'm here to yeah. listen when you're ready. Like, I was watching it like, this feels intimate. Should I look away? I'm not gonna. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so good. And I love, like, Louis not opening his coffin right away. And he's like, Louis, can we just, like, talk for a little bit? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And Louis's like, <sighs> opens his coffin. Well, if you would. <laughs> you know <laughs> so he's like good. did you hear how he was talking to me he was disrespectful unless that's like i can't pretend to know what it's like to be in your skin Louis. all right yeah but you have ultimate power and we need to control ourselves and i'm like this is this is beautiful i love this yeah more of this please i know it can't yep. stay like this forever but if i could have just one more episode <laughs> mm-hmm. so good so Time is starting to mean nothing to Louis, and he's realizing he's like forgetting to visit his family for like months mm-hmm. on end. Months he's like, "Oh my god, yeah. yeah!" I think like a year and a half goes by, right? Because he doesn't even he like he doesn't even meet the first child that his sister has. He doesn't. By the no, time he, he gets the twins, the, oh, that's twins what it is. He doesn't, he doesn't meet the twins. It's the it's the baby that she's pregnant with the second time that he meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's his nephew. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like really struggling to not eat this baby to the point where he ends up leaving the baby on the floor and like running out of the house. Dude, like the least he could have done is put the baby on the sofa, man. And I get it. The baby's on the floor, so it doesn't roll off the sofa, right? Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Totally understand. But at the same time, it's not a good look, bro. Like it's not a good look. And like why he wouldn't have exercised more caution like, mm-hmm. it shows that he's a fledgling, right? It shows that he's still coming into his vampire powers. He's still a baby, right? He's a little baby vampire. He doesn't know what he's doing. But, like, you know what? Let me not say that. I can't even judge him. I'm a grown-ass adult, and I still go to Target when I'm hungry. And that's the worst possible thing you could do. I'm over here like, why would you go see your baby when you're hungry? And I'm like, you go grocery shopping and you're hungry all the time and buy a mm-hmm. bunch of shit you don't need. So you need to shut up and go mind mind your own business, Candace. Because, you know, you can't mind this vampire's business. You do the same thing all the time. The only the only difference is that it doesn't result in me eating a baby. It results in me buying seven bags of chips. <laughs> See, like, I, if I don't eat, I will, like, start to feel, like, really, really faint. Mm-hmm. And I can't move or function. So I finally, like, broke the habit of, like, pushing myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, now the second I'm hungry, I'm like, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing, everything you're doing. We're all going to find food right now. I don't care what was happening. <laughs> food priority. Like. That's so responsible. Yeah. I. 
listen when i my when i'm hungry it's like a one track mind you know like Mm -hmm. i will literally go get takeout eat in my car and then go grocery shopping if my entire goal is to go grocery shopping because i'm like the second i'm in the store i'm so hungry that i like cannot function like my brain is just like food 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 in my mouth please now Mm -hmm. yeah and everything looks delicious even trash yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying louis needs to take a page out of your book he shouldn't have gone over there like that he yeah. should have made sure that he had had a snack so that it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a problem mm-hmm. because now he's all fucked up about it right like yeah. that's that's when you know that like louis is different because he like comes home and he's like fucked up about it he's like yo i almost ate a baby today i'm fucked up i'm an aberration someone mm-hmm. throw me in the grave put me put dirt on top of me forget about me take me somewhere get me out of my misery that's yeah. like why would you go over there <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like that. Like no sympathy. Dumb. He's like, why, why would you go over there? Like you need to leave yeah. them. Like you need to leave them alone. You can't be yeah. around your family anymore. What are you doing? Why would you go over there? Like, <laughs> and Louis like, because I miss them. It's really the stats, honestly kind of beautiful, but also very sad. The stats like basically Louis was starving and went into a cheesecake factory, and yes. the stats like, why would you do that? <laughs> He's like, you're lactose intolerant. Why would you go to the cheesecake section? Because <laughs> I was talking about that. Well, that's like, I tried talking to you about this. You don't listen to anybody but yourself. So That's me, though, when I'm starving, is I will forget that I have food allergies. And I'll be like, yes, a large pizza, garlic crust, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Give like, me all knowing, the stuff I can't have. Yeah, knowing I can't have gluten or garlic or onions. I'm like, yeah, just get a large cheese pizza, slather it in garlic crust. I don't know. Let's order from Domino's. Whatever. (laughs) It'll work itself out. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out. (laughs) And then I'm like actively like dying later, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like um, the fact that they fix how shitty Lestat is. mm -hmm. I, I, I guess I shouldn't say fix. They temper how shitty mm-hmm. the stat is instead of him just being like an absolute fucking drag for a hundred pages um <laughs> instead he's like he shows little bits of being a shithead uh here and there and they yeah. start to pile up which i think is much more realistic i feel like mm-hmm. nobody is just awful right out of the gate so i like that it fits in with the whole this is me telling a more nuanced story mm-hmm. rather than the feelings that I was pouring out of me in our 76 interview, right? This is me exercising caution, trying to give you, you know, a better take on what things actually were like, right? For me, Mm -hmm. which I, again, like, as we discussed last time, like, I really enjoy that. And I like that they're kind of drawing you, drawing you into Lestat. So almost as if you can kind of understand how Louis is understanding Lestat as well, because like, that's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. As a, a reader, you want to like be enraptured by these vampires, right? Like you want to be taken in. You want to be like, oh my God, vampires, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want that vibe. And I feel like the show really allows you to have it. You don't have to make a ton of excuses for why Lestat is sexy in the show. You know, he's yeah. trash, right? He's trash. He puts it on front street. I'm kind of trash, right? He doesn't hide it. Um, but he does. It, it is a very kind of slow burn on how mm-hmm. terrible he is, which I like that you get some time with him where he's not yeah. just a complete madman i like it more that he's possessive rather than yes. he's an asshole you yes, know because it feels like he actually cares mm-hmm. rather than this is just you know a means to an end which is how it feels in the book yeah so then we get lestat flirting with louis and he's like 
why don't we go on a vacation? Why don't we go on a little romantic honeymoon? He's like, just me and you, margaritas, a beach, you know, bloody Marys, <laughs> hold the Mary, you know. Um, they're like, what if, he's like, what if we just did that? You know, nighttime moonlit walks by the beach. And uh, Louis is like, I mean, maybe, maybe we could do that, actually. I maybe. Like yeah. And then uh, they go on to this like little opera house, and then we get Lestat's need for perfection. Yeah. So basically, there's this guy doing vocals, and Lestat's like takes his blood, bites his finger, takes his blood, and dabs all the points where he missed the note. Like live, like the yeah. opera is going on, mm-hmm. and they're showing you the opera. Mm-hmm. And Lestat is like, no, no, no. Yeah. Fucking no. Fucking no. Right? Like getting angrier and angrier and angrier until like his eyes are like blazing in his skull. Like you can tell this mm-hmm. dude has just had it. And like it's funny because I sing. So I'm watching yeah. it and I'm hearing this man and I'm hearing every note he's fucking up. And I'm like, they paid for this? Like I immediately was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and Lestat was like, like touching his page. And I was like, oh no. Are you like that? Is this who you are? Uh oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wait, this show is making it seem like Lestat is being too rash and being upset that this man can't hit any of the notes. <laughs> okay. See, well, I don't know anything you're about just a music. Big, giant so... asshole. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll have to take Lestat's word for it because to me it sounds fine. I have no, no idea. No, it talking was about. it was it was terrible because all and the, the thing that made it worse is that like sometimes you can you can fail forward, right? If you're a singer. Yeah. Like you can start, I've heard Christina Aguilera do it, I've heard Beyonce do it, right? Some of the best, like, vocalists in our country mm-hmm. I've heard do this thing, where basically mm-hmm. you start your trill, right? Your your vocal run, mm-hmm. and you might hit the wrong note somewhere in there, mm-hmm. but, like, as long as you end on the right note, you're good, mm-hmm. right? You can kind of just, like, if your voice, if you want your voice to do a C and it does, like, a C flat, right? And mm-hmm. that's not very good for you you can try to put like a B flat in there too. So that it kind of sounds jazzy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can fudge that you didn't fuck up that note. Cause it was totally mm-hmm. on purpose. See, like, and then I end on the C boom. Look at that. Yeah. Beautiful. So nice. Right. And you can pretend mm-hmm. you can get around it. But this guy was just like singing the wrong thing. Like all of it was wrong. Like he started singing and some notes were good. You could especially tell contrasted with the soprano. Mm-hmm. Because her vocals were pristine. Her vocals were beautiful. And that's really what he was there to see. They went to go see the soprano. And the tenor who was singing with her was just not as good as she was, right? And it became more mm-hmm. and more apparent because they're trying to sing harmony. And the harmony was discordant. And you can kind of see, like, the look on the soprano's face. Like, she's not cracking, but you can kind of see, like, her eye twitch a little bit. Like, this is not good. Like, she knows yeah. that it's wrong. Like, and this guy doesn't look like he knows it's wrong. He's, like, up there fucking singing power vocals and shit, right? Like, he's doing yeah. this, like his best karaoke um and it's bad um and louis is like so i really liked this scene because i feel like there's a lot of times this this uh show well not even the show i guess this 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 series in general right and pop mm-hmm. culture and media in general they gloss over the true ramifications of racism mm-hmm. and in this show, right, specifically, you have a white man who is in love with a black man 
and he understands that their plights are different. He understands that Louis, the way Louis is treated and accepted and welcomed into the world is very different than the way that he is. Um, mm -hmm. He's open about that and about his knowledge and understanding of Louis' struggles. However, right, Lestat, when they walk into the opera house, even though he has told him, hey, we're going to do something really nice together. It's a little vacation just for me and you. What actually happens is when they walk into the opera house, Louis has to stay three steps behind him because he has to pretend that he's his butler. Like he has to pretend yeah. that he's like his valet or whatever. Like he he's not there as like as like an equal. He's there as like an attendee, a serving man. So like Lestat's passing him his coat and his hat and his cane. He has to be deferent. Like Louis can't look up. He has to kind of keep his eyes downcast because people assume that he's there as like a serving boy right mm -hmm. other people are kind of talking down to him a little bit as well kind of casting their eyes over at him even though he's a wealthy person who owns like a chunk of the french border right i mean a chunk of bourbon street for himself right he has he's wealthy he has capital right he's somebody that should have status and respect but in gear he's just as common as any other black person right and mm -hmm. that's that's not something that he seems to take issue with it's more that lestat seems so fine with it like he moves to the opera house like he's supposed to be there and beckons to Louis. Come on. Like, yeah, it's bad, right? It's really bad. So they sit down in the box seats. So by the time Lestat is mad, right? And he's like getting all fucking in his feelings about this music. Louis is like, I don't care, right? He has already checked out. He's already mm -hmm. annoyed. He's already irritated. He's already like, who gives, like, who cares? Like, who yeah. cares? I do not care. Even, not even one bit do I fucking care about this. Um, And Lestat is just like, no, but like, Louis, aren't you paying attention? Louis's like, no, I don't care. Like, he's looking off yeah. to the side. He's, like, looking at Lestat getting all jazzed. He's like, I don't care about this. Um, so I love how multifaceted the scene is. Like, both of those men are in their own heads and their own thoughts and their own worlds, and they couldn't be worrying mm -hmm. about more different things. And I feel like that's really kind of a moment where Louis is like, so it's not really about me. Like, yeah. it's not really about my comfort. It's not really about how you feel about me. Like, you're here mm -hmm. right now and you've forgotten all about me. You haven't even noticed I'm upset. You haven't even, like, tried to calm me or, like, mm -hmm. take take heed of where my head is or how I'm feeling, right? You're just, like, in your own world. And then to invite the tenor back to their house. I feel yep. like Louis is just like, fuck it, man. Like, fuck this. Fuck this. Louis basically at that point where like you're really mad, like you're really pissed off, and you're scrolling through like TikToks on your phone trying to make mm -hmm. sure that your partner can just read your mind, you know, yep. and they're just yep. not paying attention. <laughs> yep, I am upset. Scroll, scroll, yeah. you know, the anger like, scroll, you know. Hello. Um, and honestly, again, I did not disagree with Lestat. The tenor was awful. Someone should yeah. have done him the solid of telling him he was awful, so that a vampire wouldn't have come and found him right Obviously. somebody could have done him a major solid and they chose not to so lestat making him sing and point out every time Rachel. he missed oh my God. Oh. so funny like oh, i baby. of course i still didn't understand what's going on because i can't tell the difference personally mm -hmm. where they're like oh line up your vocal range this key on a piano like that means nothing to me i don't understand yeah. how those line up but like oh i had so much joy watching this scene still Yo, as a singer, so, it was brutal for me because I've I've been that person and mm -hmm. I've seen that happen to others. So yeah. someone will play like a note on a piano yeah. and you're supposed to go to hit the note. So yeah. Lestat is like, what the, what is this note supposed to be? And the boy is like trying to figure it out. This guy is like, ah, this one. Ah. And Lestat's like, no, it's this one. Ah, it's mm -hmm. this one down here. No, 
Mm-hmm. What about this note? Every single note wrong. This boy is tone deaf. Yeah. That's what that means. He's tone deaf. He can sing, right? He can mm-hmm. sing, but he has no tone. Like he, his ear doesn't match his brain. So when you play an instrument or mm-hmm. you sing, some, there's something called intonation. Mm-hmm. Intonation is being able to uh, kind of uh, understand where you're going next, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're playing a song and you're like reading music, instead of playing each note individually, the ability to play through the song, even a song you've never heard, just by reading the notes and how they're laid out and what the tempo is and all that stuff, right? It says, you know, um, like the, it, it'll give you like speeds as well mm-hmm. um, or like um, the way you're supposed to play it. So like, you know, for example, like the Barber of Seville, right? A lot of that music is supposed to be played braggadocio, which is like big and bold and like pompous and bump, 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 bump very bouncy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that is what goes into an opera. It tells you how to sing it. It tells you the words and it shows you the notes, right? So that you mm-hmm. can follow the notes along and sing whatever melody is required of you while the orchestra is performing the backup music. Mm-hmm. And score. So when Lestat is doing that, that's basically basic shit. Like if you go to like a, a, a vocal teacher, the vocal coach, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go, let's see how high your range is. Can you hit this note? Boop, and they'll like do a note and then you have to meet that note, right? Um, yeah. But you're supposed to stick to it. That that tells you that your pitch and your tone are good. And mm-hmm. intonation is when you know what note is coming next. You can kind of forecast where where you need to be so that you can land it. Um, yeah. And when people are tone deaf, it's when they don't know what note comes next, right? Like if somebody is singing a popular song and there's mm-hmm. a note that's wrong, it's because they're tone deaf. They don't. They, they have a hard time figuring out like how to get their vocal to that note in the next like second right i think i just so figured out i might be it. tone deaf i'm not gonna lie to you it, it, i mean a, a lot of people probably are. Yeah. yeah a lot of people are it can be very hard and still more people right might not be completely tone deaf but they have pitch irregularities pitch is mm-hmm. like like if you hit a c right you can hit a c on the not on the dot you can hit a c flat which is going to mm-hmm. be a little under c or you can hit c sharp which is going to be a little over c right but all of them are in the range of c none of them are mm-hmm. a d right? Which is under a C and none of them are a B, which is over a C, right? Mm -hmm. So like in that zone is usually good enough unless you're dealing with something like opera or like where you really have to like be on it, right? Like in popular music, there's a ton of people who are a little bit flat. That's why we have auto-tune, right? Auto-tune basically takes those moments where you're not quite on the note and just lifts you up a little bit and zhuzhes you into place. Mm -hmm. Songs that have a lot of auto-tune the more auto-tune, the less amazing the person probably is naturally, right, these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, there was none of that, obviously. So instead, you had to kind of hit those notes dead on, and that guy was just, like, not even close. Like, he was nowhere in the ballpark. And, like, his facial expressions, like, I think that's why Lestat starts to get very agitated as he's mm-hmm. trying to, um, as he's trying to kind of, like, make this this person understand, like, what he's doing as he's trying to practice with him. Like he's getting more and more irritated and irate because this guy has no idea what he's doing and yet has this amazing position. And Lestat's yeah. like, I never had a position like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you've read Vampire Lestat, you know that he has a performance background, right? He traveled with like a performance troupe or something like that for a while, I think. Um, and when he, when mm-hmm. he was living in France. So like he, he has a voice, right? We see in another scene, he plays the piano beautifully. Like he has the skill to do some of this stuff he just doesn't do it because he's a vampire now and it'd be really obvious he did so like this whole scene is so taut like 
it almost feels like a countdown to this guy's death. And like Louis sitting there watching it, like you, you can see how, how like antsy he gets. Like he gets anxious the whole time. Like he's in the house, like sitting on the sofa, like his hands folded, like, <sighs> like he knows it's coming. Like he knows that Lissat mm-hmm. is eventually just going to be like, fuck it. I can't save you. Right. Like yeah. the whole scene is just so gripping. Um, they do a really great job with it. Uh, and it's like the first time you really see Lestat like super lose control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very intense. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is honestly beautiful. Yeah. So the stat makes this boy super depressed and then just kills him. I mean, slashes his throat. Like he bleeds yeah. out. Like it's brutal. Mm-hmm. And you can, and, and I feel like slashing his throat is obviously is symbolic because he's mm-hmm. not good at using his throat and voice. Yep. Um, but Lestat barely seems interested in drinking. Yeah. It's just basically, it's, 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 it's more of a kill than a feat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He just yep. loses, he just loses his interest. He's like, mm, slice. Yep. So Louis, how'd you, what'd you think of the opera? Like, things are fine. Louis's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Literally. So that was the end of episode two. And it looks like we have time that we can actually get into episode three. Let's do it. So I'm going to read the first quote I Wait. wrote down. Yes. I have one note. There's an Easter okay. egg in episode two that I found. Oh, okay. So in the beginning of the episode, um, I think it's around that that time when um, Daniel is talking to one of the uh, attendees that says, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I serve a God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashid. One of the, he admires one of the paintings. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, oh, you have so many paintings and art in here. And the guy is like, yeah, you know, Louis likes to collect. And he looks at one of the paintings and he goes, wait a minute. Marius? This is by Marius. Yeah. And the kid is like, oh, yeah, we have paintings from all over the world. And he kind of just like leaves it alone. They don't really like talk about it. Mm -hmm. So like for anyone who doesn't remember, Marius is the person that made Lestat into a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um. And he has a, so Louis has Lestat's sire's painting in his home, Mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Feels like a framed photo of your ex's ex, you know? I love it. I love it. That's, that's next level petty. Um, And I I deeply enjoy it. Um, I thought that was a very nice touch. Again, little Easter eggs for people who read the books. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's funny is that that's actually an Easter egg for people who watched Queen of the Damned as well. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole thing in Queen of the Damned about Marius and his paintings. So if you know even a little bit about <laughs> this Vampire Chronicles universe, yeah. it's a little shout out for you. And I like that. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. Episode three. No, it's fine. <laughs> Glad you brought it up. So we're on to episode three. And I wrote this quote because I thought it was pretty good. So it said, should we walk the night as gods of easily attainable dreams? Mm-hmm. Juicy. I love it. Lestat, I think, yeah. is the one that said that. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah. good. I, my first note was, I have no idea what's about to happen, but goddamn, I love this gay polyam drama. Yep. <laughs> yep. So then Louis, uh, Louis and Lestat are going to drink this guy, and Louis just grabs a cat and drinks that instead. And I'm like, this is not better, Louis. No. This is not, not. better. It is not. It is not, but he makes do. Lestat is embarrassed. Yeah. 
And then we got Louis playing all dramatically as they're just like yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Oh, and then we get finally uh, Daniel playing tapes versus the 70s versus now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen to you roast Lestat. And now you're singing his praises. Are we going to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Or what? Yep. So, yeah. Basically, they throw the tapes in the garbage and then Louis lights them on fire with his mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Fuck he, also, he also is like, I'm not a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And like looks at his computer and he's like, sigh. And deletes the audio files from the computer as well. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, you know them bitches are in the cloud. Oh, Let's yeah. Be real. They're in the cloud, Louis. Mm-hmm. You know they're in the cloud, sir. Literally. <laughs> like, one thing we know is nothing ever leaves the internet. Yeah. So then, after all of that housekeeping is taken care of, Louis is like, alright, now we can get back to the call. And uh, he tells Daniel about how he got rats delivered to the back of their home. Yep. Like, Secret rats. Like, this is New Orleans. You're telling me there isn't just rats? You I know? mean, there are, but he can't be out there in his tan suit looking fine as hell hunting for rats. I guess. <laughs> but, like, it's like living in New York. You kind of just know there's rats. Yeah, they're just around. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But you know, they're fancy bougie bitches. I get yes. it. If it were me and I had the money, I would also hire a young person to go catch me some rats. I admit, Fair. I would not. I would not just do it myself. No rat catching DIY over here. I just feel like enough people are into some weird kinky shit that you could just find someone. You know? Absolutely. Craigslist be like, blood bank needed. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what he has now. That's what he yeah. has now, because that's is this the episode where the man comes in and is like, do you need anything? Uh, or is that episode four? I, I don't know. I don't remember. That might be, episode, now. That might be episode four. Because I think episode three is where we get the red-haired lady, right? Where Lestat goes out and finds a new woman. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's starting to be like rumors that uh, Louie and Lestat are dating and everyone's like, doesn't seem to be that mad about it which i think is funny yeah. they're like yeah people oh, are you like your boyfriend yeah people are wary about it like what's going on with y'all but like mm-hmm. no one outright is like this is wrong which yeah i like mm-hmm. yeah it's i just think it's kind of funny that they're like you guys literally live together you know mm-hmm. they're like oh you both are wealthy and rich and can totally afford your own homes but you're living together and like how many beds are there yep you have a cleaning lady we can talk to yeah pay her for your secrets yep (laughs) so louis is finding out that he is being cheated on and he is not happy he is actively pissed yo he so the stats like i'm gonna go out and louis like Mm -hmm. fine and then he like goes to the club and sees the way this like ginger haired girl is looking at Lestat and he's like absolutely not Mm -hmm. this is not what i am doing with my night tonight and so they go home and like Louis and Lestat are like fighting and Lestat's like, you're allowed to go out and be wherever you want with whoever you want. Why are you getting all in my shit? It's not my fucking mm-hmm. fault that you like doing all this trash. Whatever. Like you don't like to like 
be my boyfriend and stuff. You're like all weird. You go visit your stupid family. And that's mm-hmm. not, I, I have to have something for myself too, Louis. And Louis's like, ugh, whatever. I'm going out. I don't even care about you like that. <laughs> yeah. And then Their Louis fighting is so good. Louis, like, I guess we're just going to have an open relationship then if we're both just going to cheat all the time. Like if you're going to be yep. off with another woman, like yep. we're going to be open, like that's whatever. It. And that's I just, it. I feel like no open, that's, that's never how a good open relationship starts, you know? No, it's not about <laughs> being vindictive. Y'all have to have a conversation, lay down some boundaries. But five seconds later, this cute brown man walks into a bar and Louis like, I actually know him from my past life. Unless that's like, mm-hmm. do that. And Louis like, don't worry about it. Go yep. fucking service your ginger girl. Yeah. Good time, Sally. Go be He's with like, her. Go be with your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just going to catch up with my friend who happens to be a boy. Okay. Old friend. Okay. Yes. Old friend. We know each other going way back. We've been writing letters for years. I don't know why you're so jealous. <laughs> oh, he's so he's going to be in the war. This could be the last time I will see him. Don't you even know? Don't you even understand? He's gonna go die on the front lines, right? He could I've got die to see tomorrow. I need that? to say my goodbyes. Lestat's like, fine, go enjoy yourself, go have a good fucking time. Louis's like, I will. We'll have a great have time. You ever, have you ever seen that "Am I the asshole?" post where it's like, "Am I the asshole for being mad at my girlfriend because she slept with her ex boyfriend because he was dying of cancer and it was his last request?" Oh my god, no. <laughs> same energy basically yeah yeah oh my god especially because like i feel like i i i'm i'm like i'm like out of turn right now so please correct me if i'm wrong but the good time girl the ginger lady like Mm -hmm. she's kind of the stand-in right for the prostitutes because i know there's a moment where lestat and louis are having a fight and mm-hmm. Lestat is like, you're going to have to kill sometime. You're going to have to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. You're a fucking killer. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Hello? Mm-hmm. Like, and Louis is yeah. like, no. Like, they borrow a line from the book slash movie mm-hmm. of, um, he says, uh, you know, eat your rats, eat your cats, whatever you need. Do mm-hmm. it, but do not doubt you are a killer, Louis. Like, that line mm-hmm. appears in the book, the movie, and they keep it for this, which I liked very much. Yeah, um, that they have like actual whole pieces of writing that they kind mm-hmm. of put in, and uh, that 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 rocks my world. I love that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So basically, childhood friend Jonah and Louie used to have a fling, and then they go out into the woods and like start having sex. Yo, immediately that dude is like, I missed you. Yeah. I heard I heard you've been living with some man like Mm -hmm. just out in the open and louis like oh no it's just an arrangement he's like yeah Yeah. okay and like kisses him and they Mm -hmm. get it on it's great immediately right away and the whole time they're fucking in my head i'm going so uh you sure you're uh by yourself you sure you're that's what i was thinking i was like let's have to you're alone you're you're positive you're not you're not up to anything Mm -hmm. right well, that's on his date, right? You made sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then Louis has to Everything drink his right. own blood to make sure he doesn't drink this dude, mm-hmm. which was wild to me. I was like, "Oh, yep. interesting. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, to avoid it. But man, um, 
Uh, there is hell to pay when he gets home. And then you get home and he flashes and you can see the muddy boots. So I was like, so the stat was there. He was absolutely there, dude. Yo, mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, I know that they have to like get the show on the road, but I could have used one more episode of just mm-hmm. the two of them having this knockdown drag out fight. Yep. Louis is like, you have all your dalliances. You can't tell me I can't go out. And Lestat's mm-hmm. like, it's not the same. There did be nothing to me. I'm yeah. just out there enjoying my life. How dare you, Louis? You know they mean nothing to me. And Louis's like, I don't know that. I know nothing mm-hmm. about you. It was nothing. He also meant nothing to me. And Lestat yeah. legit goes, and y'all, I am not kidding when I say this. I wrote it down the second it came out of his mouth. This man looks him in the face, eyes blazing hot and with mm-hmm. tears in them and says, I heard your hearts dancing. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yo, the level of poetic that that is, I was like, if some man was like, I heard your heart's dancing and was sad that I was with somebody else, I would have to take a minute. Yeah. I'd have to stop for a second and be like, hold on, can we pause this argument real quick? Yeah. It sounds like your feelings got really hurt today. And that yep. wasn't what I meant to do. It sounds like you're really sad. And I apologize. Because <laughs> like, yo, that was beautiful. That's like, that's a serious I heard your heart's dancing. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. Lestat is like, be mine, Louie. I just want you. If you liked me more, maybe I wouldn't have other women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh, oh, so my good. God. Yo, that got me. That got me good. Yep. Like, that's that's a line that I'm like, would get tattooed across my heart. I heard your heart's dancing. Mm-hmm. It hurt me. Don't you know I, you hurt me? I like that he had, that he, that this Lestat is capable of admitting that he's, of, of admitting that he's been hurt. Yeah, because like, I love lot. this. Yes, he's so much better than Booklestat. Oh my god! Yeah, like you feel a little bit bad for him. Yes, you wouldn't want to hear he your boyfriend's heart dancing Louis. with someone else. That's horrible. Literally, he just dancing. wants to love Louis. Oh my he just, gosh! Just wants to be in love. He just wants their hearts to dance. Mm-hmm. All he For wants. Oh. So thing. we do get a little line though, where Louis says he met Jonah years later. So that was nice. Yes. Still alive. Yeah. So at least we know he's not dead. Um, this is this the part where Daniel questions Louie about if it was raining or not, or does that come later during that scene? Good question. I'm not sure. Do you remember that I, happening at yeah. all? Okay. Yeah. So it's either this episode or the next episode where he's like, was it actually raining? And yeah. Louis is like, ooh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> which is the first time we kind of talk about him being an unreliable unri- narrator, yeah. which I found exciting. because I was like, ooh. Me too. Especially because I feel that Louis is still an unreliable narrator overall. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like there is, and again, I have not gone to the end of the, of the season, but I very much feel like there is a counterpoint being kind of woven through the story on the back end mm-hmm. with Louis mm-hmm. and Daniel. So I feel like this is kind of the beginning of that, that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because Louis is no angel, let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, so like, the Alderman, I don't know if, if I'm jumping ahead, but I know that, like, the Alderman is uh, fucking right off with some ideas that he stole from Louis as to how to expand his empire we're not there yet okay we first have this scene 
where Louis goes back to see his family and the kids are terrified of him. Oh, poor Louis. His mom thinks he's the devil. Yeah. He kicks the door into their house. Yeah. Um, and basically, this is like the time where his entire family is like, do not come back. Yeah. This is it. This, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while all that's happening, all of that turmoil, Lestat has decided to throw a party and has the entire army in his house. Like well, all of the boys. Heard, it's because he heard their hearts dancing. Yep. And he wanted to prove to Louis that he was no longer upset and that they could just have a really good time and it doesn't always have to be women. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then, Louis's like, what are all these fucking people doing in my house? Get out! Yeah. Louis get like, out! Get I am not out, out of the house. Yeah, he's like, get well, everybody right out. No. Get out. No. And then <laughs> Lestat enough. mind controls every single person in this house mm-hmm. to get them out of the house and then blood comes out of his ears and I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. And Louis's like, oh, so not infallible. Yeah, like, you like, can see the look mm-hmm. on his face when it happens, like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Louis will remember this. Yep. Yep. So now we're at the point where Louis' businesses are getting shut down and he's mm-hmm. losing his mind. Yep. He's like, oh my god, and it's, what the hell? It's, it's all these white people. Um, something mm-hmm. that I like, again, we talked about this a little bit before, is that they don't shy away from white people being terrible. Yep. Um, historically terrible. Uh, and what we're kind of seeing, like, it's really, it's really fun to talk about the vampire stuff, but like the race stuff that's kind of happening, I feel like it's, it's, it's not as important other than to understand Louis' state of mind and mm-hmm. what's happening and why he feels he needs or doesn't need this stat. So basically the, the thread that we're getting here across the first like three episodes is Louis is a rich business owner. He secures in a, in, an interracial, like a, a, a desegregated brothel, mm-hmm. um, that he runs. There are several white people that are members of council and mayors and aldermen and people that are higher up in society that that go to go to the establishments uh, that he is the proprietor of. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some time, he's been kind of playing cards with them, doing deals with them and things like that to try to afford him, you know, the police looking the other way because it's supposed to be segregated or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, keep trying to make money in, in different ways that might not be completely above board. So the council comes to him right these men that he's been cool with all this time come to him and are like oh by the way just wanted to tell you that some shit's about to change unfortunately uh time's kind of run out and jim crow is a thing and unfortunately we're gonna have to start you know enforcing these things and there's new gerrymandering and new districts being drawn up so your business because you're a black business owner needs to go somewhere else you can make do in the french quarter you can go somewhere else and put up put up shop but you can't be on this street because this street's like the fanciest street in new orleans and you're no longer welcome here and louis like i'm not moving like i'm not moving you're not going to shake me down so eventually all of those white men who are now jealous of louis success one of one of whom was kind of defrauded by lestat because lestat slowed time and Mm -hmm. kind of made the deal with louis and then like made the deal irl right with the the playing cards so all of these dudes now are trying to kind of fuck louis over because they're jealous of what he has and they're like you know no black person should be so rich and should have so much and take from us so we're going to take from him so they essentially all turn on him and make it so that his businesses are almost impossible to operate um and i think they burn down the sapphire right the azalea so 
right before they do that. First, what happens is order events. Louis makes his business for blacks only because yes. the other businesses make it for whites only. Right. Then like things start like really hitting the fan. Louis breaks. He fully breaks. He goes, I think, to the alderman and it's like, we're not doing this. This is not the way things are going to go. Mm-hmm. And the alderman's mm-hmm. like, fuck you. It's too late. Louis reads his mind. Done. Yeah. Louis reads his mind mm-hmm. and basically finds out that like he's being like horribly racist. So mm-hmm. Louis breaks, kills him, hangs up his body, which unfolds this entire event where they light the sapphire on fire. There's like ruin in the streets. Things mm-hmm. are a disaster. Full uprising is yeah. happening now. Yeah. So all the white people basically go to the black part of town and start burning down people's houses and smashing out mm-hmm. windows. And like Louis goes to check on his business and sees all of these black people in pain, screaming, people burning death. Um, people are, are just kind of, like you said, pandemonium. Um, and that was something that like I didn't love. I feel like they could have been a little bit more sensitive to this yeah. and made it less like, because what it feels like is Louis fought back against injustice and the people who had to pay for his sins were the black people in that town, right? So it's it's kind of that kindred paradox where black people are in peril because of something a black person did, right? Which yeah. I don't I don't love that uh, trope at all. But at the same time, this one you can directly trace back to the shenanigans that white people were kind of putting him into. So it yeah. does make sense. But like he takes it really hard. Like he takes it super hard and is like, "This is my fault. I did this." You see him stumbling around in the streets trying to help people, trying to save people. people are incoherent they have no way of communicating with him they're like so overwhelmed and so scared um and it's very uh it's very shocking and very sad i just i'm happy that something finally pushed louis to that breaking point so i'm not Mm -hmm. really mad about how this went along because Mm -hmm. he was being way too like considerate of like these people being awful to him and i'm glad he was just kind of like you know what fuck it i'm a vampire i can live forever whatever that's 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 part of my problem with it right is that he's gonna live forever he's gonna be fine in that moment he just kind of lashes out he doesn't think about who's gonna pay the price for that right it doesn't occur to him that he's not the one who's gonna be paying it's yeah that are gonna be paying right and like to me that's Part, part of the reason that I'm that I'm able to kind of let it go is because mm-hmm. that's genuinely my experience, right? I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in an experience right now and I've been in experiences before where mm-hmm. something a white person is doing is fucking me up, right? Yeah. And I, I'm like, okay, well, I can either make a stink and tell everybody and their mom that what this mm-hmm. person is doing is upsetting me and messing me up and that what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I can A, look like I'm difficult to work with, B, mm-hmm. look like I'm inflexible. C, look like I'm loud. D, look like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, opinionated, right? This long list of things that are, people already assume because I'm black, right? Mm-hmm. They already make these assumptions about me because of the color of my skin and the texture of my hair and the features on my face, right? They're already yeah. going to make those judgments. So there's a lot of patience that black people have to exercise to exist in America, right? Mm-hmm. Tons of patience. There's a lot of time that we need to think about what we're going to do before we do something rash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine was working with me at this place uh, that I used to work, and uh, there was a higher up, a white guy, that I knew was not not racist, so to speak. Yeah. Um, well, and he cut, totally he not cut my racist. friend off. Right, like not not racist. Um, so he cut he cut this person off, this black man that I was working with, he cut him off coming um, off of the highway and almost got into a horrible car accident. 
and the guy had just had a baby so he was really mm-hmm. like on edge and yeah. so they pull into the parking lot of the of the office mm-hmm. and he gets out and he goes hey man you almost like knocked me off the road like you almost made me crash my car what is up yeah like please watch where you're going mm-hmm. not realizing this guy is a higher up right which i mean honestly shouldn't have mattered but like yeah. right yeah so he says this completely reasonable to the man the man calls him the n-word and he goes say that to me again i'll fucking end you or something like that right? yeah he says something that's like threatening that dude lost his job it's not appropriate for 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 a higher up in a company to call yeah. an employee the n-word right yeah but like it didn't matter the guy ultimately said that he felt like this guy had threatened to kill him and that that's not okay because he's violent. You see what I'm saying? So like that mm-hmm. guy didn't think. He made a snap decision to be like, please watch yeah. where you're going. All he asked for was was an acknowledgement of the fact that this guy did wrong. And when he said something that was completely uncalled for, right? The answer from HR was, well, you shouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. Or, well, you should have, you know, brought it to our attention and let us deal with it, right? Like, exercise caution same thing with the police right when a black person mm-hmm. you know when anything happens with the police and you know a person a black person gets shot by the cops the first thing someone says isn't well why did they shoot why did they shoot this person mm-hmm. right what was he armed was he was he pointing the weapon at them what was it like what happened right mm-hmm. how did they feel unsafe the first question is well did he comply yeah right like did he exercise caution did he take a moment did he think about it you know did he did he take that time so it's like it reflects the experience of black Americans, you know, even to this day, like I can't, I can't make snap decisions. I can't react in the moment, right? This situation that I'm having right now, like it's been dogging me for weeks, right? And I've got to really think about how I'm going to go about it. Because if I make an accusation, no matter how true it is, somebody can easily knock it aside and be like, well, you know, they're being really, you know, rash, or they're being really abrasive, or, you know, she's being difficult. You know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. can easily say that, and then I have something to lose rather than that white person facing what's coming to them for being a shithead, right? So yeah. I do, I do like that he finally gets to a breaking point, um, because like that, that was that was a note that I had too. Is like, you mm-hmm. know, if there were if there were black vampires in racist fucking twenties America, everybody would be dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm like, you know, you're still bound by rules, right? You're still bound mm-hmm. by you know, the realities of the world around you. And like, sorry, we black people have this, you know, this, this, this stereotype laid upon us that we're violent, Mm -hmm. even though we were slaves for 400 years in this country and didn't murder everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, could we have probably murdered all of the, all of the slave owners? I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There were so many more of us than there were of them. Right. Could Mm -hmm. we have gone fucking buck wild and like wreck people? Yeah. But like the people that they unfortunately get mad from Africa weren't the violent ones. Right. They Mm -hmm. were people who were afraid who just wanted to live their lives. who wanted to try to escape and have a family and like set up shop. Like they were people just like them. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the moral of the story is you imprison people who are basically just like you, but a different color. And that's why they didn't murder you in your fucking bed. Right. Because they weren't violent people. And yet 250 years after the end of slavery, people still clutch their purse if I'm in a cl- if I'm in an elevator with them by myself. Mm-hmm. Somebody called the police on me for pumping gas one day. Like how 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 did we even get the stereotype that we're violent when there was no there were very few uprisings when we were enslaved, right? Like people did, yeah. they tried, right? They were a lot of them were stamped out before they could really hurt too many people, right? Some people did try. Like Nat Turner led one of the biggest and bloodiest rebellions out there, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in 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 his time. So like I think that 
this does do a good job of kind of pointing to this kind of carefulness that black people have to have and used to have to have even more so back in the day because if you offend white people sometimes there's hell to pay colin kaepernick still doesn't have a team to play for and all he did was kneel so you know what i mean like like i totally get like where louis is coming from and like i have to say too when he sees that burning building and he hears that little voice and he hears that that heartbeat right and he Mm -hmm. jumps through the fire to save someone like i hate that it had to come born out of such misery right Mm -hmm. obviously the original birth of claudia was out of misery as well she was you know her mom died she was about to die she was laying there in filth and sickness right like it's sad Mm -hmm. but like this gives me a greater tie between those two characters because he feels responsible for her death and responsible for her life and Mm -hmm. then responsible for her on life yeah as well um which i love the depth that they've kind of added to this character to both of both characters Mm -hmm. um as well as their relationship yeah I, I will say, just as a note, I think the thing that the reason that this appeals to me, him snapping and making this rash decision, is mm-hmm. because, like, kind of what you were talking about. Whereas, like, in the current day, there's so many consequences to mm-hmm. our actions. You know, if, yeah. like, a white dude's being a little sus, you can't just yell at him because then you get murdered, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I. Especially I, in Florida. Yeah, it's really appealing mm-hmm. to me when someone breaks in fiction. Yeah. Like, especially when a woman breaks in fiction and just goes on a murderous yeah. rampage. I'm like, yes, girl, I see yeah. you. Like, gone girl? Mean I'm energy. like, do it, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like that kind of stuff just appeals to me so well because it's like that you know you have to bite your tongue so mm-hmm. much just to survive right now. Yeah. And it's like, yep. I just, if I could break. Like, if I could break and just say exactly what I'm thinking right now, like, mm-hmm. none of you would survive. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, yeah. in the in the living vicariously mm-hmm. section of this, absolutely. I totally mm-hmm. agree. And, like, I'm surprised it took so long, to be honest with you. Yes. Because, like, he didn't have a lot of control coming mm-hmm. out of his death, right? Like, I'm, I'm surprised it took so long. I'm glad that it took long so that we mm-hmm. had some time to really get to know him as a character and make sure that he didn't yeah. just get straight up caught. Because there, there were a couple times that he looked like he might. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i i totally hear what you're saying i agree with you on that one but. yeah but yeah no i i think i just liked it for that aspect and like oh mm-hmm. the claudia in the burning building man oh it's it hurt me yeah. it got me right in my feels i do <laughs> like this change more so than like 12 year old claudia just hanging next to a dead body you know what i mean yeah agree agree much better um they continue to age her up as well she's 16 i think now in this yeah um, which so they continue I'm fine to with. kind of me too because it's it's weird having five-year-old claudia still not over it did not realize that when i read it as a child didn't understand yeah. the implications of it now that i'm older i'm like Ooh. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> I like it. Um, it yeah like i like that he 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 feels he feels beholden to her he feels mm-hmm. responsible obligated to her and mm-hmm. I think that that's, especially because it happened without Lestat this time, right? That's another thing that I think is really an interesting kind of uh, severance and separation. We end with like Claudia in the Bernie building. So basically, Louis sees Claudia in this burning building, like opens the door. She's like coughing. He's like, oh my God. End. Black yes, screen. Okay. Yeah. Credits roll. Yeah. And I'm like, really great. Really? We're just going to end there? We're ending there. Yes. 
Yes, because they're oh. like watch the next episode, which I've ended. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so good. I like, think they- too. I think like when when you have this whole scene that's happening, like it's breakneck speed. Like mm-hmm. the whole end of the episode feels like a fucking freight train compared to the beginning, right? Like you, yeah. so much stuff happens at the beginning of this episode, and you're like, how long is this episode? It feels mm-hmm. like it's a full movie. But it's really just like 53 minutes. Like it's a regular length episode, but it just goes yeah. break next week. The second that he gets in front of the alderman, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could have done without him t- looking the alderman in the face and going, I'm a vampire. I could have done without that. That's fair. That That's was fair. one thing that I was just like, A minus. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know what? We'll workshop your like we'll workshop your line later you need a catchphrase buddy you need a catchphrase that's not it okay i I get it you're seeing red you don't know what to say it happens to the best of us (laughs) however you know we got a couple more years of this going on so i think you're gonna need to like sit down come up with a fancy one-liner be like i am death i don't know something like that 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 would have been way better yeah yeah can you imagine like louis later on that night like laying in his coffin just awake like I am a vampire. Why would you say that, you idiot? Of course you're a vampire. You need a better line. Oh, now I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going to think about what I should have said all night. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's like writing notes. I am vampire. No, cross that out. Cross that out. Just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Never mind. I am death. Maybe. Put it, put it on the backboard. Okay. Uh, I am God now. No, no, a little, little that too seems much. A little grandiose. Yeah, yeah a, a little, little grandiose. Much. I'm not. Who am I, Lestat? Yeah, he's like opens his <laughs> coffin. Lestat, hey, are you still awake? Hey, um, I'm just like <laughs> what thinking would you about it. If it were you, yeah, what would you say like right before you kill somebody? Uh, oh, you're I gonna give God? me the choice that you never had. Oh, that is pretty catchy. That is pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty All right. Good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I want like a little something darker. I don't know. Like <laughs> something to do mysterious. with death. Something about like this is the sword I wield. I don't know. Something. I am the knight. That yeah, sounds I like somebody knight. else does that one though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't maybe know. not. Mm. <laughs> Can we put on some Buffy maybe? I don't like I think she's got some good one-liners. I just need to work shop this. Yeah. I need inspo. Open babe, up interest. Babe, can you Someone's done something. Can you start making a little list for me? Like anytime I say a good one-liner, can you just like write it in your little phone notes app and then send it notes to me later? app? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Louis. He'll get there. Yeah. He'll figure He'll something. Now out. he's rich enough to pay somebody to come up with a one-liner for him. So. You know. In search of copywriter, I need a tagline. <laughs> Serial killer must tagline. have experience in gothic behavior, darkness, mm-hmm. reading too many vampire novels, and taking them too seriously. Must have experience of, uh, you know, must be able to quote Buffy line per line. Um, (laughs) Two resumes, Rachel and Candace. Hi. (laughs) There you go. Hi. We work really well together as well. Mm -hmm. If you need, you know, a a, a team, Mm -hmm. we can do it. Yep. Affordable rates. Just, you know, eternal life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Maybe, you know, make make our partners also eternal life cats as well yep low price of like free 99 undead okay <laughs> just a low price low price you know <laughs> I 10, 20 people max undead yeah. 20 yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. max <laughs> i wouldn't mind the offer of getting to live in your mansion rent free um 
you know i'll take told... the room that has the cool tree in it for no reason i'll take yeah, that room. yeah actually that's great like your little penthouse suite in dubai like i've always wanted to go to dubai you know why not why not do i get to drive a lamborghini okay yeah actually it's a blacked out lamborghini okay yeah no i'll we do can work it out yeah we can work this out trust all right we can do it I've already got an eye condition that doesn't let me go outside. So there you go. No more squinting. No yeah. more wrinkles. Done. Okay. Yeah. I'm no eye cream. It's going to be great. My sunscreen budget is now gone. So <laughs> whatever. Like I'm going to save so much money. Let's do it. I'm, I already signed the paperwork and sent it to you. Yeah. Well, you okay. didn't send me paperwork. I downloaded it off the internet. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I found <laughs> I got a W9 in there too in case you need it. Yeah. Don't there you go. It. Oh, you want me to be oh a contract God. employee? No problem. Can I do. don't care. <laughs> oh my God. A plus. A plus. Oh man. This show's so good. It's it really is. Now I'm like, when's season two coming out? <laughs> Literally. I did Google and Give they are confirmed for season two. Nice. Thank God. Yeah, that's great. Because wow, I'm very impressed. Yeah. And it's uh, something that I think everybody can kind of get their head around because my parents, my mom read the book, my dad didn't. And my mm-hmm. dad is not really a vampires guy. Like he's like, whatever about vampires. He likes monster movies and stuff, but he's not mm-hmm. like, I've got to watch every vampire movie. Games. He's not that person. My mom is. And both of them really enjoyed the series. Like they watched it when it was on TV, like when it was, when it was airing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, it's really good. So I told them, I was going to when I told them we were going to start reviewing it. They were like, oh, it's really great. You're going to have a great time. And I was like, why is my dad watching the show? It's because my mom wants to watch it. Oh, yeah. And then they just powered through all of the episodes, which I understand because they're really good. Yep. Yeah, it was a very, very good watch. Highly, mm-hmm. highly recommend. I think everyone yeah. will enjoy it. Yeah. But that is all we have for today's episode. Next week, we will be continuing on with episode four. So, Ooh. Candace, where can the people of the internet find you and the things you do? You can find me at that Candace girl over on Twitter, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, um, or at Candace Magnificent on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Instagram. Um, I am a TTRPG performer and GM. Uh, you can also find me doing some streams, some solo streams, uh, video games, Legos, and concerts, daily concerts on my channel. Um, so definitely check me out on Twitter. You'll be able to find posts for when I'm going to go live if you're interested in seeing me elsewhere. Also, shout out to uh, the narrative podcast, Book Hound Documented, over on 12 Sided Stories. You can also hear me there as Leo DeSilvo, a uh, mercenary uh, who is hungry for justice and works at the library getting books back by any means. Yeah. So check out all the things, and we will see you all right here next week. Bye. Bye.